0: This is the Behind the Micah podcast, where we discuss Jesus, community, and everyday life. I'm your host, Micah Steven, and our goal is always to take people from where they are to where they need to be. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome to Behind the Micah podcast. This is a special episode, and the reason why it's so special, well, there's two reasons uh one of them is is this is the 10th episode 10 kind of a big number i i feel like it's a uh it's a number that uh is maybe monumental maybe i'm just making it monumental i don't know but number 10 episode 10 and uh, the other reason why it's special is because a friend of mine is hopping on here with me today he preaches in Warren, Ohio, at the Northeast Christian Church. Cole Sagsett is here with us today. Man, it's so good to have you on here. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, man. It's great to be on. I've uh, I've only made it to episode three. I don't know if you want to cut that out or not. <laughs> I've okay, only made it to episode sure. three. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it though.
0: Awesome, man. I'm glad that you're able to jump on here. I I I want to tell you guys a little bit about how I met Cole. Um. So uh, I was in 2019. I was preaching in a place called Crocker, Missouri. Um, I'd never been to Crocker. In fact, um, Missouri, to me, and this is this for for all of your friends, Cole, and anybody who maybe has Missouri ties, they're going to hate me for this. So uh, (laughs) there's no disrespect by this. But Uh, Missouri to me is a lot like Illinois to me. Um, whereas, you know, when I think of Illinois, all I think of is Chicago, right? Okay. And when I think of Missouri, even though I know Missouri is so much more because a guy that I I haven't been to Missouri a whole lot, I think of St. Louis when I think of Missouri (laughs) and all your Kansas city friends are going to hate me for that. I was
1: going to say, you got to at least give us Kansas city. There's Uh, there's two (laughs) big cities in, in Missouri. So, well,
0: and, and one other thing I would say, uh, and I love Missouri, by the way, great people out there. Um, but there, are like people here where I live in Indiana, um, I'm only three hours from St. Louis. So we got a lot of St. Louis people here, uh, Cardinal fans, that kind of stuff, which it makes me cringe a little bit to think of that. But, <laughs> but we, when you talk about barbecue, um, I am a Carolina barbecue guy. Oh I'm gosh, always, uh, sweet and red sauce just eh, doesn't, I mean, it's okay. I can eat it. Uh, but it ain't, it ain't Carolina.
1: I wish I had known this was the direction this was going to go before I agreed to be on here. I I can't stand by any of that. I don't know, man.
0: (laughs) No, I, I loved Missouri. Uh, it's a great place. Um, now I've been there a few times and, uh, enjoyed it was speaking out there and, uh, Cole was on staff at the church. I was speaking out at in Crocker. And uh, the first time I met Cole, uh, believe it or not, I think it was a hibachi it was, a, or maybe it was just buffet. It was buffet, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a Chinese buffet. Um, it was, it was good, man. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, man. That's a shout out to Ocean Buffet there in Saint Robert. It's a, <laughs> it's a great place. They've got sushi, and they they do have a hibachi in there too. So sushi.
0: I I am a sushi connoisseur. I love Ooh. I love a good sushi.
1: Well, if you're up in Warren, we've got Mizu up here. You don't have to. We'll go get some good sushi rolls. Good stuff. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know that there's one that I don't like. Um, Usually, I just pick the one that's got the coolest name, like (laughs) like uh, dynamite roll. Give me some dynamite roll. That sounds awesome. Yeah,
1: the volcano rolls, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Any of those. That's (laughs) usually what I'm picking. Uh, You know, I did pick the rainbow roll once and found out that wasn't the one that was actually uh, fried. It was raw. Oh, yeah. Uh, But you know what? If you dip anything in in yum yum sauce... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it tastes just fine. There's some sushi snobs
1: out there listening, just dying. Why would you do that to your sushi?
0: <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Who da- you gotta like yum yum sauce? Yum yum sauce is that stuff is amazing. It may not be good for you, but it's good.
1: <laughs> it's good for the soul. It's yeah, good for the soul. So
0: it's it's the Japanese version of soul food, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I, I guess
0: I'll give you that one <laughs> <laughs> Japanese soul. Yeah. Um, and not only that. And, and so that was interesting. Cole, Cole, cause he probably uh, first time we met was like, man, this guy is, um, I don't, we did we have Zion then?
1: Yeah. He was itty bitty though. That's, I was blown right. away. Cause I have a little one too, how you could make that drive with your whole family. Yeah. That blew my mind
0: that's been my life, man. That's my life as, as a minister, man, I've been on my family's here, Here's what helps me. And, and, and all the parents will agree with me on this. I was anti van for a long time. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was like, man, I'll never have a van. I will drive an SUV until I got a van. And I'm like, man, I don't even care what I look like in this thing. <laughs> it's got so much space. Yeah. And not only that um, I have a TV in it and <laughs> the kids man they just they watch that tv when we travel yeah i mean not all the problems go away right because <laughs> i mean there's still the i gotta go to the bathroom and i'm hungry
1: yeah yeah five minutes after you stop to go to the bathroom yep yeah. yep but and it gives you a, a place to go a safe space you know your house gets a little chaotic you just go out to the van turn it on sit and watch a movie you know it's yeah it's good
0: yeah, yeah i mean like i said it, it was a uh it was an interesting, it was an interesting trip because I think we ended up going to Branson after we left there. So we were on the road even more.
1: Um, Cause why not? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean,
0: yeah, but interesting. It was, it was that we went that day and uh, yeah, like I said, Cole probably was like, what is going on, man? This guy's got all of his kids. They're running around They're crazy. They're (laughs) evens. And uh, I just, I came here to meet this guy who's going to preach at my church.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was excited, dude. It was, uh, it's cool. Anytime somebody can involve their family in their ministry, uh, I have a lot of respect for that. My dad was a minister growing up, and, and uh, I know now having a son of mine and having been a son of a minister, it's it's way more work for the minister and for your spouse, but it means a ton for your kids to be able to be a part of what you're doing. I mean, that rather than just be left at home and your spouse just be left at home, that's awesome, man.
0: Yeah, I, I think one of my biggest fears is, and I, I think I've mentioned this in one of the episodes, but one of my biggest fears is my kids um, dreading the church when they get older. Yeah, because dad was so involved in it that mm. um, he missed out on a lot. And and so that one of the things that we've kind of said as a, as a couple, as, a, as me and my wife, um, we've just talked about how, you know, hey, don't don't leave your kids. We're not going to leave our kids in the dust. Um, yeah. And, uh, family is families, as I've told you before, fam- family is my primary ministry. So, yeah. um, you know,
1: well, how can you lead your, you've, you've told this to me, you've, uh, and I super appreciate it. How can you lead your congregation and what it means to be a godly husband and godly father if you're putting your, your spouse and your kids on the back burner?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't, I'm still trying to, and, and uh, I think Sean said in episode three, we talked about time. And uh, Sean McMullen, he, he told me, he said, um, you know, ministry where you're at is is just for a season, right? Yeah. But your family is your ministry for a lifetime. Yeah. And uh, you always got to remember that. Keep that in your mind. Not that not that your church family isn't important and not that they don't have things that you need to be at as well. But um, prioritize is, is the key.
1: Absolutely. So, Absolutely.
0: But one of the things I found out about Cole when I was in Crocker was Cole is a... We're talking about sushi snobs. Think about this. Cole is a coffee snob.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I I went and had this conversation with him, uh, at their church and this, I mean, I I try. And in fact, I even encouraged him. There's this kind of coffee that I really love out of Mason, (laughs) Ohio, and it is incredible. Uh, it was incredible. It's it's called Night Shift, and I'm not even sure that they're still doing it now. I know they kind of took it off the shelf for walks. They started focusing on cold brews, but uh, it's called Night Shift, and it's at, the, at this place called the Script Coffee. And I, I was like, Cole, you got to try this. He does um, because he is that coffee snob. And then he was like, I don't know how I feel about it. that's not coffee. I think is your exact word.
1: <laughs> it was a really unique. Uh unique flavor. I'll say that it didn't taste like coffee. If you're taking a sip of this, expecting coffee, your, your palate's going to be surprised. (laughs) Uh, it tastes like an alcoholic beverage with no alcohol. And, and I, I couldn't figure it out. Like (laughs) <laughs> my mind was blown and I had my <laughs> wife try it and she asked if I had put something in it and uh, told her, <laughs> no, you know, like Peter's defense. It's only, it's only nine in the morning. Why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to
0: start my day. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so right now, before, before we get into what we're really going to talk about today, I need you to, to just name drop your number one coffee right now. I, I have a feeling I know where you're going with this, but
1: yeah, this gonna is going to say so- Dunkin' or Starbucks. Oh no, no. It's not Dunkin' or Starbucks. All right. So here we go. And this is going to sound, you know, controversial or whatever, but it, Mike invited it. So here we go. Yeah. yeah I really like the, uh, Blackbeard's Delight from Black Rifle Coffee Company. That's, right. um, it's so good. So good.
0: I thought you were going to go with, with Black Rifle. Uh, I wasn't certain with the Blackbeard, but I was definitely certain with, with Black Rifle. Um, you can buy that like Bass Pro, I think. I think. Bass yeah.
1: Was- yeah. They partnered with Bass Pro and you can get it. Uh, Roasted to order if you buy directly from them. So it's roasted about two days before you get it. Wow.
0: And some of my listeners are going, dude, I just go to the store and buy Folgers. Right? <laughs> and shame on you if you do that.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. No. At least pay the 30 cents more and get Maxwell houses. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> now I will be, I'll be honest with you there. I have had Folgers before in my house. Um, and I've also had uh McCafe, uh, the McDonald's okay. coffee uh, before. Um, I, th- I forget what I got in there right now. I think um, I think I have Dunkin' in there right now. Which yeah, I mean, you, you you despise Dunkin' coffee. It's
1: it's okay. I felt really bad uh, the day after I met Micah. He came to my Sunday school class, and he comes in. He says, "Man, you like coffee? I love coffee too. I, I get picky too. I drink Dunkin', and I was like, oh, Dunkin's not good coffee. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, I it, I caught myself."
1: Uh, by surprise, I'm sure I caught Micah by surprise. He's trying to engage
0: in conversation, not at all, put him down. not at all, man. Hey, that didn't bother me at all. Everyone has, uh, has what they like, man. You just, like I said, um, you know, you have an opinion and, and you can be wrong too. So, it's fine <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, so coffee, yeah, coffee, sushi, barbecue, man. Let's, I mean, we could keep going all day on this stuff, but uh, we don't have time for all that. Um, so today, what I want to talk about, because this is a special week, right? This is, um, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. I've, I've heard people say Holy Week. I've heard people say, uh, do you, do you have a special name for it or you just call it another week, right? Yeah. Yeah. For
1: me, man, I think uh, I, I kind of live in a little bit of rebellion against some church culture. And I think that's growing up with a dad and, as a minister, but Yeah, We come up with all these names for everything and we set celebrations for one specific time of year. You know, you think Christmas and Easter that sometimes we make it 12 months before we think about it again, you know, and um, yeah, yeah. in some ways it's a very special week. In some ways it's
0: just another week. Let let me ask you this. Are you preaching this week on the resurrection, like the, like the traditional resurrection Sunday? Are you, are you kind of going somewhere else with it?
1: I, uh, yes and no, I guess I should say it's the wrap up of a series I'm doing on, uh, coming to Christ yeah. and this one's on baptism. So we're going to be, nice. uh, yeah, yeah. We're going to be talking uh, where Paul talks about, you know, through baptism, we're buried with him and resurrected yeah. with him. So Romans six. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, yeah. I, I'm not either. Uh, I think for the, this may be the first time in a while that I've, that I, but I'm, I'm going to be, I'm in the middle of a series of first Thessalonians. And so I'm actually going one step further than the resurrection. I'm, I'm going, uh, what, what, um, what now? Like, okay. Jesus rose from the dead. Now we're going to talk about Jesus coming back from first mm. Thessalonians chapter four, uh, which I feel like everybody talks about that now. Like, yeah. Like, Oh man, I think this is a, like everybody goes back to the old Testament or they go to revelation. They're like this, see, this is a sign and, (laughs) and not, not to get off on this, on this topic, but, but I'm going to give you my two cents on that really quick is that, um, if you're ready to meet God, like if you're, if you're ready, um, I guess I don't don't really have time to sit around and argue how it's going to happen. I just, I mean, I have, I have my, my thoughts, what I believe the Bible teaches, Uh, but I'm not going to lose my mind. Like if Jesus comes back in a, in a Lamborghini to pick me up, (laughs) I I don't, I don't really care how he does it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just as long as I'm
0: ready, I guess I have nothing to worry about. Right.
1: Well, yeah. And I think the, the imagery, the thing that's consistent throughout scripture is we're not going to really have a clue. Um, it's going to catch us by surprise. You know, he even says he's going to come like a thief in the night Yeah. and for us to think like, Oh man, I'm going to see it coming. You know, I either Jesus was lying or, uh, You know he was mistaken if that's true you know so
0: well i'm glad you said that because it kind of gets us into what we want to talk about today kind of talking about who jesus is and um you know i think that jesus is a um for a lot of people a controversial topic because Mm -hmm. um look people can talk about god all day long and it never really um and I mean, it doesn't phase you. A lot of people, they don't get, they don't have those feelings. They do like when they're going to share Jesus with somebody, you know, you can, you yeah. can talk with people that you don't even know, like out in public about sports, um, the weather, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I did that today. Um, there was, <laughs> there's a time when I've been in line at CVS and someone talked to me about who I was voting for, you know, and I never, met <laughs> them. like, um, but, but then when you start talking about Jesus, It's like, it's like something happens. It's like, it's like this switch gets clicked or something and people are almost like, and I don't want to say afraid, but, but they just, it's like, they freeze. Like they don't really know what to say. Why do you think that is?
1: I think it's because he's insanely personal. Like you can talk about God and it seems almost distant and almost theoretical, But when you start talking about Jesus, it gets personal. You can't avoid that. I mean, he himself says he's the way, the truth the life. No one comes to the father except through him. So he's exclusive and he's telling everybody throughout his whole ministry, there is no eternal life. There is no salvation. There is no hope for you outside of me. And you have all these other people trying to argue these things against God. Oh, you know, our God's the same as this God and that kind of thing, or, we get caught up in the debates about the existence of God. But when it comes to Jesus, there's all this historical evidence that this man existed and this man was crucified, that you can't deny the existence of the man, Jesus of Nazareth. So then we look at, are you going to accept who he, that he was, who he said he was. And, and that's where I think it gets a lot harder to deal with Jesus. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, because because he's very specific. Um, yeah, and and I guess when you kind of say I'm the way, and and you can <laughs> get to God except through me, I mean that's people are kind of taken aback by that. You know, there's been people that uh, you know throughout. You know, this is throughout all of you know mankind. People have said, you know, this is who I think Jesus is. I mean, you see it on TV shows and. Um, you know, like on the Simpsons and you see, you you know, Jesus portrayed like, uh, you know, if you remember dog, the bounty hunter who, you know, he always like prayed to Jesus at the end of his, you know, whenever he was, you know, doing his bounty hunting and, uh, you see, you see it in movies. We, 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 we hear different things about it. You know, a big one right now is, um, the opposite of that, where the devil, where a uh, little, is it Nas? Little Nas, yeah. There go, Nos, oh he, my gosh, the, the whole shoe thing, yeah. um, and and with the, you know the devil shoes and that kind of stuff. I, yeah. I, there's there's always this you know everybody's kind of throwing their little their kind of their two cents on who they think Jesus is and who they think the devil is and and, and all this kind of stuff. You know, if you get into like religion, um, specifically like the the big ones like like Buddhism uh, believes, you know, Jesus, he's not God. He's just this enlightened man. Right. Um, you know, Muslims would say, you know, Jesus, he was a prophet and he was a man, but, but he's not, you know, uh, superior to Muhammad. Muhammad was, was the guy, not
1: Jesus. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, so, so some of these things, they don't even necessarily deny that Jesus existed, they they just deny some of the claims that he made, which yeah. were some pretty big claims, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I found this uh, this quote <laughs> by this uh, the the Lakota Native American tribe. I thought this was kind of cool. They they think that Jesus is the buffalo calf of God. Uh, okay, is 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 who they think? So so you got everybody who like is kind of chiming in their two senses. Who who is this Jesus? Yeah. Um, and you know, Jesus was pretty specific on, on who he said he was. And one of the things that he said was he came down from heaven, right? Jesus says, you yeah, know, I, I came from down from heaven, which is incredibly personal. I think. Yeah. Um, Jesus was more, he said, said he was more than just a good man, uh, which is kind of what <laughs> we were just talking about those other, I mean, Jesus kind of refuted everything that they said, Hey, I, I'm more than that. Absolutely. Um, I think I think it was uh, Billy Graham who said it best. He said that Jesus was not just another great religious teacher, nor was he only another in a long line of individuals seeking after spiritual truth. He was instead truth himself.
1: Absolutely, uh, I, I love that.
0: Yeah. So we find him saying all these different things, right? We we find him saying that he's the Son of Man. Uh, we find him uh, performing miracles uh, throughout throughout the Bible. We, we, he's, he said that he's God. I think that's where the, the, the tough thing for a lot of people struggle with is, Hey, you know, he, he's a good guy. You know, maybe he, he did all the right things. He went to church and all that yeah. kind of stuff, but he, but I don't know that I'm willing to say that he was the son of God.
1: Well, cause he, there's no threat, you know, if he's just a man and we've all blown this out of proportion then your life doesn't need to change. Nothing needs to happen. There's no response. And then I hate to say it this way, but then the, the threat of hell doesn't mean anything. You know, if if Jesus isn't who he claimed to be or who we claim he claimed to be, then there's no response necessary. You can go on living the exact same way you have and you don't have to worry about a Lord in your life. You get to be Lord of your life.
0: Yeah, which I don't know that people would actually ever come out and say that like, Hey, I'm Lord of my life,
1: yeah. but
0: they certainly live it. Right. And they certainly yeah. live that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Quite often in and out of the church, you know, um, for sure. It's, it's crazy. You know, we, I got to preach, not plug in my own thing here, but I got to no preach on uh, repentance yeah. this last week. And I talked about repentance is much more than asking for forgiveness. It's a turning away from it's, it's similar to the military command about face to, to move the other direction. And a lot of times we just ask, we keep asking God for forgiveness for the same thing over and over again, but his command to us is to repent, to turn from those things. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and that's, and I think a lot of people, um, they, they struggle with that one because you know when a person comes maybe forward to get baptized or they decide they want to get baptized and give their life to Christ um, and and this isn't me being this judgmental, but there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of times where people will you know make that decision, but they have no no desire to actually change. They just want they want the benefits, right? yeah, uh, they, they want the Savior Jesus, but not the Lord Jesus.
1: Yeah, well, and how many times have you encountered people in your ministry that they'll come to you years after they've been baptized? They say, "Man, I just got caught up in the emotion of something. I was at church camp, or I was at this conference, or this the minister he was just on fire that day, and the praise team they were killing it, and I just got caught up in it, and then I got done with it, realized I don't know what I just did." And you know, I've had to have so many of those conversations where their lives don't change, not because Christ hasn't had power to change lives, but because they've not really jumped into following him. They don't, they don't know what they just did.
0: Yeah. There's, there's so many, there's so many people out there who, um, like I, and I hear people saying it all the time, they they say the phrase, you know, you just do you right. Like, yeah. like there are, there are people that legit, and I don't know if they would say it or not, but there are people out there that legit believe there are multiple ways to God. Like, you yeah. know, you do you, you do your road and I'll do mine. Um, and we'll end up at the same place, which, it's kind of crazy because there's a lot of people, I mean, like if we did that with an actual GPS and, you know, we didn't plug in the same destination, <laughs> but we, you know, we, or maybe we plugged in the same destination. I guess GPS would lead us there. Maybe anyway. <laughs> yeah. it depends on your GPS. Um, yeah. But, but if you said, Hey, you know what, I'm going to take this road and you take that road and, and we'll end up at the same place. Chances are, you're probably not going to end up at the same place, the destination that you're wanting to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You just drop any of us in a random town and then give us another city to make it to. But we, none of us can take the same way. A lot of us aren't going to make it. You yeah, know, there's, there's only, you know, Jesus says He is the only way, and uh, that's again, I think, going back to your first question you asked is, I think that's why He is so controversial. Uh, we don't want that, you know. There's the have it your own way kind of yeah. mentality, and Jesus says, no, it's my way or the highway.
0: That's it. So, so I guess, I guess what we're saying then is, is Jesus with Jesus, he's, he's black and white, right? Like he, what he says is, is, you know, it's either he said it or he didn't say it. Right. I mean, I, I think sometimes yeah. we get caught up in the gray matter. A lot of people like think there's a lot of gray matter out there. I, 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 I typically don't believe that. Like, I believe it either says it or it doesn't like, and whether that offends me or bothers me, or that's a whole other discussion, but I, yeah. I Jesus offended a lot of people.
1: Right? Yeah. And I think there's, there's some room Jesus leaves us to live in the gray, but then there are some things that are absolute statements, you know, like, again, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. That's either true or it's not. There's, there's no wiggle room in there for you to say, I think Jesus really meant this. I mean, I, I can't see a, a logical path to a different conclusion. I mean, he's either wrong or lying or what he said is true. That that's that's it.
0: Well, so that's kind of kind of what C.S. Lewis said, right? C.S. Lewis, he, uh, if you haven't seen like the uh, Chronicles of Narnia, which. I thought were great movies, by the way. Um, oh, probably if, if you, here we go. If you're a book, I, a book snob, is that what you're getting ready to say? Yeah, I was, uh, oh,
1: the, the movies <laughs> killed me. You know, it's, uh the, there were some really good parts to it. And I loved the Voyage of the Dawn Treader movie. I think that was probably my favorite one, but okay. they, they took out some of the coolest parts. I'm going to hijack this for just a second.
0: Okay, take it, take it. All
1: right. So in the, in the um, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, their cousin Eustace has turned into a dragon right okay and aslan comes up and is going to fix him he's going to turn him back but he asks him you know are are you serious about this because this is going to hurt and eustace says to him basically yeah that's 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 what i need that's what i want and aslan rakes the scales off of him until there's nothing left of the dragon's flesh and it's just eustace and it's this beautiful image of what it means to come to Christ of it's, it's often a painful thing where all that old nasty mess we've been carrying with us has to be ripped away. And then we're left with what he wanted us to be. And uh, I love it, but that's yeah, not in the movie. Good.
0: Well, okay. But to be fair in the movies, right. <laughs> and I'm with you because I, I like, I read some of the books too. I haven't with every movie that I like, but, but you know, I would say they only have two hours or so, you know, sometimes three to, to wrap a whole book into a movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm trying look, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, you know, on both sides of the, of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, but uh, in, in CS Lewis, the guy who wrote that series um, he he's quoted as saying um, with only, there's only three uh, possibilities, three responses to Jesus. And his claims that he made, you know, Jesus, like I said, he said, Hey, he's the only way to heaven. As we, as we said in John 14, uh, Jesus, you know, he forgave sin. He, he taught people to pray to him as God. Um, you know, he, he claimed he was the son of son of God. He said he was sinless. He was perfect. I mean, nobody else can make that claim. Well, people do, but, but here's the responses. Then C.S. Lewis says to that either Jesus was a, was a liar. Uh, what he said was, was made up and not true. Either Jesus was a lunatic and he just had gone crazy. (laughs) Right. Or that Jesus was Lord and he was who he says he was. I mean, that's, those are the only three responses you can have to the claims that he made. Yeah. And, um, I think, you know, as well as I do, um, and, and, and the hard, the hard part of determining these things are The, the the people who are saying him you know are they really lying or are they just really that crazy like yeah do they do they really believe that in the in the 90s um there was a guy by the name of david koresh um and he had upwards of 85 followers die in waco uh mm-hmm. because uh He proclaimed that he was the son of God. And he said that Jesus was not the lamb of revelation. And so he's quoted as saying, do you know who I am? He said, God in the flesh. And he says, stand in awe and know that I am God. Mm -hmm. Um, which is crazy because I'm sure that he's not the only one who has claimed that. Yeah. Um, would you say he's a liar or a lunatic
1: or maybe both? Yeah, definitely, definitely both of those two, you know, and that whole thing, just a tragic, tragic situation. So many women and children died in that. And uh it's just awful. And anytime you have somebody buying into a lie, it's it's a terrible, terrible thing. And it's not the uh not the level of conviction on the followers or anything like that. That's the fault here. It's the, the fault of the one who has snuck in, you know, the wolf amongst the sheep, the one who has come to to devour and, uh, how that just kills me, but it reminds me too of, well, what is this acts chapter four where uh, Peter and John have been, uh, grabbed by the Sanhedrin. Yeah. And, uh, they're being in, uh, taken to court basically for preaching in Jesus name And here they think, oh, we've killed Jesus. It's going to go away. And we get uh, just a few months down the road and it's bigger than ever. Yeah. And, uh, And their response is, uh, I can't remember who it is. You might be able to tell me off top of your head, uh, but when they're sitting there debating what to do with them, one of the guys speaks up and he says, look, we've had this happen before. If this is of God, you know, we're standing in the way of God's will, if this isn't of God, then it'll fade away like the others, you know, and we know 2000 years later, what happened with Jesus didn't fade away. Yeah, that's good. no one's still following the guy from Waco. No, you know, there's not yeah. another church built up there. It's not, you know, it's not this religion that took off. It's not this faith that took off. We don't have anything from it because it wasn't from God.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what, I mean, to me, those, those claims that people do it's always kind of funny to me because um, you know, it reminds me a lot of the guys who like claim to know like the, and this is, I don't want to get off topic, but this is kind of like the guys who claim to know when Jesus is coming back. And, you know, so they're mm-hmm. like, Hey, I got this message. And, and uh he's coming back, you know, like the last guy I heard was like, May of 2009 was like, Hey, he's coming back here. And, <laughs> you know, here we are, you know, 12 years later and he, he didn't come back, you know, like it's, it's like, is that guy really, does he really believe that stuff? And the same is true with like people like this. Do Do they really believe that? Do you really believe that you're the son of God? Like that's, that's some deep claims man that's that's kind of i mean and i think that's why people with jesus were like whoa man like that's crazy i mean that's that's yeah. crazy talk well and i think they even at one
1: point say this man's demon possessed they're yeah. they're hearing him and he's saying godly things you know but but they're hearing the full weight of what he's saying and yeah. even for them his his listeners his contemporaries they're saying if this isn't true, this is not of God. There is no way that this could be a godly thing and not be true.
0: Well, yeah. So, so then you have to kind of, well, well let me stop here for just a second. The the Jews, if, if I'm not mistaken and I'm certainly not a, you know, a religion major, um, but um, Judaism still is, is they're still waiting on Jesus. Right there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're still waiting, waiting
1: for their Messiah, waiting
0: there for their Messiah to come. Um, they don't believe he's even come yet. So they struggled with this one. Right. They struggled with him making these claims because they were like, who is this guy who yeah. who, who makes these claims? When I guess my question is, is what what were they what were they waiting for? Like, what were they looking for? In him? like, what else did he have to do to show? Right. To show that he was the son of God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I love that question. And it's, it's so funny because we get to look at the lives of the disciples and what they were hoping for in Jesus. Uh, they, they live out our, our lives in scripture. I think it's so funny because, you know, we look at Thomas and we're like, how could he doubt, you know, we look at Peter and we're like, how could he say so many dumb things? And then we live in doubt and say dumb things all the time. And, uh, but I, I just love how they keep asking Jesus all the way to the ascension. Is it now? Is now when you're going to start your kingdom? Like they they thought all the way up until Jesus went up into the clouds, they thought, oh man, he is going to set up this earthly kingdom. He's going to kick our enemies rear ends. This is going to be this awesome thing. We're going to be political rulers just under Jesus. Who's going to report only to God. This is going to be so cool.
0: And then, yeah. And then, yeah. And then, but then he says something even better. Like he's like, Hey guys, 'Cause because because they're thinking, hey man, we're ready for this. You know, we got this now. He's he's in charge, man. He's he's risen from the dead and now he's ready to fight. We're ready to do this. We're gonna bring so many people and so many disciples in. And then he says, Hey guys, I'm out. Yeah. Uh yeah. but 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 then he says something that that is, you know, to them, they they struggled with it first. He's like, Hey, but I'm gonna leave you something better. Yeah. And they're like, Well, what could be better than you actually being here? Like, there's there's yeah. nothing better. Right. And he's like, well, well, this is kind of cool because I'm going to be with you literally all the time, like 24 seven, not just, you know, like even now when I'm here, you know, I still go to bed at nights, you know, we may not sleep in the same house. Like, you may not be with me all the time, but when I leave, I'm going to leave you something that I'm going to be with you always, Um. And he actually promised that in the Great Commission, right? He said, and and I'm with you always, even to the end. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was amazing for them, uh, because you know, to hear that, to know that hey, kind of like this reassuring thing, um was at first maybe a little bit scary, a little bit different. And I think that's that's part of it too. Like the Jewish people, whether they believed it or not, and, and a lot of them I will say obviously don't believe mm-hmm. that he came, but I think the, the fact that he actually made some of those claims and said some of those things. And I, I think it was just really hard. Like the change was hard. Yeah. Like the fact that, okay, it's actually here. Like maybe this is true. You know, like there was some of them that obviously believed it and trusted it and, and followed him. Right. And, and made decisions for him. Actually acts chapter two, right. We see Peter preach to all Jews on the day of Pentecost yeah. Right. And, and thousands of them, you know, accepted that message and, and were baptized. Yeah. And and but I think probably part of it is like, hey, our whole life, we've been taught about this, this guy coming back, this Messiah. Is this really the one like, is this, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, he's
1: he's not checking the boxes we thought were there, you know, and that going back to your your question or your thought earlier about his second coming. You know, I think the more we try to be sure of the, the, the signs and things like that leading up to it, the more we want confidence in our understanding of the time or season, the more we are in danger of being where the Israelites were when Jesus came the first time. You know, they had already made up their mind exactly what he was going to look like. And when he came, they missed him. Yeah. And not only did they miss him, they killed him. Uh, their their messiah that they've been waiting for for thousands of years the the culmination of their faith came and they killed him
0: yeah yeah and which is the big event that we hopefully we celebrate it more than just you know easter weekend but a lot of people this weekend are really going to remember that um in fact friday um is is good friday you know we celebrate that as you know this day where um we celebrate the fact that Jesus came and died on a cross um, for us, and probably, um, probably the event that where people kind of you know draw the line at is okay. I can believe that Jesus died on a cross. I can believe. In fact, there's you know there's there's different guys who you know throughout history who maybe weren't even Christian guys or followers of Christ who you know who came out and said. Well, here's what happened. Like this is what I saw with my yeah. I mean, you talk about guys like, you know, Josephus and uh Tacitus and Pliny, the you know, all these different all these different people um yeah. that ha- had Jesus just died on the cross, um would there have been anything really significant about him? I mean, yeah, he did some miracles and that kind of stuff, but had he just died on the cross and 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 not rose from the dead, um would what we preach on Sundays really be all that relevant and, and matter? Yeah. And,
1: and what would we have to celebrate? I mean, there's, there's nothing there. Paul says in first Corinthians, what it, I got it here from working on my, my sermon uh, for Sunday, first Corinthians yeah. 15, he says, uh, then those who have fallen or asleep in Christ are lost. If only those uh, for this life, we have hope in Christ. We are all of all people most to be pitied. Um, just to paraphrase Paul there, he's saying, look, if the resurrection is not true, if that didn't really happen, then those who are following him have no reason to follow him. There's, we should be the most pitied of all people. And, uh, I just, I, I don't understand it, uh, to a certain extent, you know, I, I can have sympathy for it, but I, I got into a Facebook debate cause that's where you should spend your time wisely. Uh, you know, exactly. Yeah. But I, I had a guy I knew from college and he was going on there. He just, uh, he went from being a follower of Christ, to uh, hating Christ. And it's, it's sad. It it really breaks my heart. And one of the things that uh, the, the popular term now for somebody that walks away is deconstruction, you know, and one of the things that he claimed led to his deconstruction was this uh, real examination of history. And in his mind, Paul and the other apostles were just trying to capitalize on the Jesus following to make a quick buck. And they, they, expanded what Jesus had actually said to make these claims for Jesus. But one of the things he had no way to refute or or a good refute for was look at the lives. These men lived, they were routinely beaten and imprisoned and all, but John was martyred all, but John were killed. Terrible deaths. You know, you have Nathaniel tradition tells us he was skinned alive in India. Terrible, terrible that they say, Uh, Church tradition also teaches uh, teaches that John may not have been killed, but they tried to kill him. He was boiled at one point, you know, and so you've got these terrible, terrible ends for the followers of Christ. But the the claim people are still trying to make is that these guys made it up for their own profit, for their own gain, to manipulate people. But it cost them everything. And the, the early church, that's the history of the early church, is following Jesus cost them everything. But it was worth it.
0: Do you? Th- could you tell me um, who won the Super Bowl in 1983?
1: Oh man, I couldn't tell you who won the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, this.
0: <laughs> See, for me, the reason why I say that is, is, is you know, we talk a lot about all these other things. You know, we we talk about you know, like we said, the weather and the politics and the sports. Um, we can't remember who won the Super Bowl. You know, some of most of you know, over a little over a decade ago, you know, or, or, or things like, you know, who won, who won a, a Grammy Award in you know, 1984, I don't know why I'm in the 80s, I guess I'm in yes. the 80s mindset <laughs> right now. But, you know, we, we, we can't tell you those things. But yet we can talk about Jesus and his event that happened, you know, over 2000 years ago. Yeah. And it's mind boggling to me that if it wasn't, if it was something that never, you know, never happened, you know, it's, it's still pretty, pretty a uh, hot topic right now. I mean, yeah, it, it's still, I, I think that's probably because of the importance of it.
1: Yeah. Well, and think about how counterintuitive some of this stuff is like, let's say I was going to make a, a religion, you know, and talk about all these incredible things I saw Jesus Was very human. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm gonna spice Jesus up a little bit. You know, I'm gonna make him do a little crazier things than just feeding a few thousand people, you know. Like, you know, there's gonna be some encounters with the Romans where he's gonna whoop up on them. You know, there's gonna be some of these awesome things that show the strength and power of God, but instead we have him sitting with people like the woman at the well, you know, the the outcast. His his revolutionary things he did were going contrary to the culture at his time, not. Not beating people up, not calling fire down from heaven, even as his apostles wanted him to, you know, it's, he did all these incredible things. And then you think about who were the first people to see him risen women Yeah, in his day. Those, those women couldn't even testify in court. The, the people that were the first witnesses to the resurrection were the least credible witnesses in Jesus society. Like they were the ones to come back and tell the disciples and who were the first people to doubt the 10 disciples in the room.
0: (laughs) They were like, there's no way. And Peter and John ran. Yeah. That that's incredible in itself. You know, I think everything about Jesus's life. I mean, it was, it was so much more different than what people were expecting. You know, people were wanting this, this King to come in and and rule. I mean, you you could see people's mindsets all the way back in the old Testament when, you know, they were like, this is what a King is. Check out Saul. He's the man. Right. And God's like, ah, I'm going to use this like teenage boy that works with sheep, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and that guy ended up being like one of the greatest Kings to ever walk the earth. Right. Yeah. Jesus's ways were so much more different, you know, than, than what we expected, you know, Jesus's ways were, Hey, you know, the world tells us, you know, uh, don't, don't, don't give to be happy, receive to be happy. Jesus is like, nah, it's better to give than to receive. Right. Yeah. Or, or, you know, when somebody, when somebody messes with you, man, don't let them, don't let them mess with you, you know, get revenge. Right. And, yeah. and Jesus is like, nah, t- turn the other cheek and love your enemies. Uh, yeah. you know, th- these, these principles that, that, that we think, you know, this is the way it should be because this is what the world tells us. Well, Jesus's way was, was so much different. It was so much like, it wasn't like, you know, he was, he was trying to be this, um, even though he was Lord, he was trying, he wasn't trying to be this like dominating, powerful Lord. He he was trying to show you that he's powerful. And yet at the same time, he's loving.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a, you know, uh, a SmackDown throwdown where, you know, he says, I'm the way, the truth and the life, but he doesn't say, you know, I'm going to come beat you up. If you go follow the other guy, you know, it's, he just laid it out and said, this is who I am. Here's the evidence of it. You either believe it or you don't. This is what happens if you believe, this is what happens if you don't. And and it wasn't a I'm gonna be sitting over your shoulder your whole life. And it wasn't if you become a follower of me, I will police everything you do. There, there's there's so much freedom in Christ in this life, you know. There's that verse, uh, you know, all things are permissible, but not everything's beneficial, beneficial. Yeah. you know. And it's it's we have so much more freedom in following Christ, but we're supposed to. The, the hope in that is we use that freedom to honor him. Uh, John tells us we love him because he first loved us. And I think that's the, again, a thing that makes him unique. Um, it reminds me, what's that movie with, uh, is it Goodwill Hunting with uh, Robin Williams? Lumbies, and, yeah. 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 In that scene where he, he breaks down, you know, it, it's, it's not your fault. You see, you have this counselor there just pouring into this guy that is doing everything he can to resist being open with somebody. And the more Robin Williams tries to reach out, you see the more that is it Matt Damon?
0: Yes, Matt Damon.
1: It rebels against that. You know, he fights it as hard as he can to the point where he's he's violent in his office. Yeah. But Robin Williams keeps persisting. And I think that's the that's the way Jesus works there too is he continues to love and and be present. And we can continue to reject if we want but he's always going to be there waiting.
0: Do you think it's possible? Now, these, these are claims that maybe people have. Um, is it po- Because like we said earlier, without, without the resurrection, which we will celebrate on Sunday, which hopefully we celebrate every day with our life um, because of living in that fact, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, Easter Sunday, resurrection Sunday, I, I don't get caught up in all that. (laughs) Yes. I know what Easter means, by the way, somebody's going to say Easter is this, you know, pagan God. No. Okay. Not getting into all that. Right. (laughs) Here's what I will say. Okay. Everything that we do hinges on that, on that, on that resurrection where we believe that, you know, Jesus didn't just die on the cross. Had he just died, man. um, A lot of people died on a cross, Um, but, but he, but he defeated that there's a lot of people that were out there will claim, well, is it possible that Jesus didn't rise from the dead, but that his body was stolen? Mm. Is it, is it possible that, you know, um, people would, would, would risk their lives to, to steal a corpse um, and die for a lie as a result? Um, you know, I, my, I guess my question is, is, you know, what, what motive would there be for, you know, people like the Romans or the Jews or whoever to steal the body. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure that one out. Like why, why if, is that even a thing? Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's, a, that's a great question. <laughs> what would they have to gain? You know, the, the Romans, it's going to add more instability to the region, you know, and that was something they were desperate. That's why they killed Jesus in the first place was to help bring stability. They, yeah. they were, Super it had nothing, to do with,
0: had nothing to do with do with the Jewish leaders, right? It had yeah, yeah. more to do with themselves than, than the Jewish leaders.
1: Yeah, yeah, they were covering their own tail, trying to make sure everything settled down. They thought if we kill this one guy, that'll, that'll do it. So it's going to make more instability for Rome if he goes missing. And then for the Jewish leaders, it's going to add credibility. To what Jesus claimed, if his body disappears, that's why there was there were guards there. You know, that yeah. they were like, we don't want any of this happening. And then for the disciples, the only people that had anything to gain would be the closest followers of Christ. However, when you see schemes like that, typically those manipulators. So if the apostles, if the apostles had stolen the body, they would typically be firing other people up, letting other people die, letting other people be in the the front men and taking the brunt of this. But instead we see it's the disciples, the the early church leaders that were the most likely to bear the brunt of the uh, consequence of following Christ. They were the most likely to pay with their lives for following Christ. And there's nothing for anyone who testified or recorded these things about Jesus to gain from it.
0: Yeah. And, and also not, not, not just only that, but you know, it's kind of crazy the fact like, like that even Jesus's resurrection, um, it convinced his family, right. To to worship him as God. Yeah. Like, like James uh, James, called him God, like, like, what would it take for, for you to, you know, I don't know if you have any siblings or not, but, um, you know, what, what would it take for you to call your, you know, I have a brother and a sister to call them <laughs> God or worship them as God. I mean, that, yeah, that's a pretty big claim. I mean, we used to wrestle, right? Like we used to wrestle <laughs> and at Christmas and that kind of stuff. And like, I mean, I might be able to say they're Satan sometimes, uh, but, but yeah. God, like, ah, I don't know about all that.
1: Yeah, my little brother, man, we used to throw down and my little sister and I used to get into big old fights and uh, it's it brutal. The, the amount of convincing it would take and and think too, Jesus was was perfect, even if, you know, as a sibling, it's hard to see your siblings as perfect, even when they're in the right, often you see them as wrong, you know, that yeah. that's how it is. Can you imagine growing up with somebody that didn't do anything wrong? How much resentment you'd have to have for them? And, yeah. So you got this, this perfect sibling in the family. And then after his death with his resurrection, now we see this turn it was on the way to the festival of the tents, right? When they're telling Jesus, Hey, you should go to this. Uh, I think it's John 11. Uh, they're telling Jesus, you should definitely go to this. If you're really the son of God, you should go because there's going to be people from all over the world here. You should make yourself known. So people can believe if you really are, who you say you are. And then it gets to the end of that section. It says, even his family didn't believe he was who he claimed to be, you know. And then Jesus says, No, I'm not going, and then sneaks there anyway. I think it's John 11. It's a fantastic passage. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. But it was all the way up,
0: like you said, until he died. They, they didn't believe. Yeah. You know, there's another one. I got to, I got to throw another, another, uh, question out there that, that, that I, that people have said. Um, is it possible that like a, uh, a twin brother or a lookalike died in Jesus's place. Like, Mm -hmm. like, is it possible that somebody, and and my thing is, is that, um, his mom, as you, as you kind of alluded earlier, um, was present on the cross. Mm -hmm. And and there's something about a mama who they know what their kid, who their kid is, right? Like you can send me a lookalike all you want, but she obviously knew that it was Jesus and not, and not somebody else, um, you know, in his place. She knew, she knew that Jesus was the one who was died and, and, and was put in, in the, in the, in the grave. Um, yeah. But people, but people, and honestly, like this drives me crazy. Cause like people, I think sometimes will, they try to come up with all these different like scenarios. You ever yeah. notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 let me, let me come up with a scenario and see if I can, it's almost like our, like people who come up with scenarios. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't like question things. I'm not saying it's wrong to question things. I guess what I'm saying is, is I think sometimes people, they, they spend so much time just trying to prove something wrong instead of just really looking into it and saying, Hey man, this could be true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we, it ends up taking more faith to disbelieve than it does to believe, you know, there's uh. So there's this movie, I think, I think it was called the illusionist. It's got Ed Norton in it. Yeah. Um, And the premise of the movie, I'm going to spoil it for people. It's a great movie. So sorry. Uh, But it's a, he's a magician and he's got this competing magician who ends up uh, pairing with Nikola Tesla to try to mimic his trick, but it's, he can transport himself like teleport. Yeah. and this guy's trying to figure out the whole time how to figure it out and it uh, it turns out he has a twin brother that's how yeah. that's how the movie ends but the whole thing falls apart because of the personality differences and the shortcomings of the other of the twin uh, they can't keep the ruse up he's he's uh, convinced his wife that he's a single you know that he doesn't have any siblings like his wife doesn't know about this twin their whole life goes around making this uh, lie to uh, complete this illusion, but even that falls apart. And it, I know it's just a movie. It's just a story, but it illustrates the shortcomings of this, this lookalike or this twin brother, you know, even if Jesus family was in on that part and he did have a twin and his twin was kept secret, there's going to be personality differences, even amongst yeah. twins, you know, there he's not going to be able to keep it up with his disciples, you know, and his disciples, like we've said many times, why would they perpetuate a lie that cost them their lives? why not say, you know, they were told several times, look, if you just tell us the truth, we'll let you go. Yeah. If you just tell us this is a lie, we will let you go. And they died anyway because that it wasn't, there was nothing to tell they'd already told the truth.
0: Well, yeah. And so, so, you know, they, they lived their life and spent most of their time sharing, sharing that good news or sharing that gospel uh, about Jesus. And um, which is incredible guy, even, even guys like who refuted it, um like like Saul right who was like hey man and and Saul take take it like from a guy who was not a was not a stupid man right i mean no. he studied under like the best of the best of the jewish leaders right gamaliel yeah. was was this guy who he studied under and he was a he was a smart man or I, I depending on what you define as smart but he he taught he taught very well and and paul learned under him and yet and yet um because of jesus paul's life is completely changed in acts nine yeah and talk about a dude who went through he didn't just die like it wasn't like he died a brutal death he he, he went through a lot of stuff to yeah. to 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 you know to teach the stuff to, to talk about jesus and tell what jesus had done for him you know he was shipwrecked and he you know was beaten numerous times yeah,
1: stoned and left for dead and then gets back up and goes back into the city to preach again. You know, yeah. like <laughs>
0: that's that's pretty bold, man, cuz I don't know that that's me, right? Like I think I might be jumping in the next taxi out of town, you know, or the next Uber.
1: Yeah. And yeah, it doesn't take that much for me to dust the, you know, dust my sandals off and walk away.
0: That's you know. And that may be sad for me to say that because it's kind of true of of our world today is that, you know, there's so many people who aren't willing to get their hands dirty to share that message because, mm. because of who Jesus claimed, uh, we might get the sweaty palms and the, and almost, I don't want to say ashamed. Maybe that's a harsh word, but almost to the extent of, because I look, I talked to a guy a couple episodes back on here and, and he said, he believes that we have 20 to 25 opportunities to share Jesus every single day with somebody. Mm. And yet, something's not adding up because if we had that many, well, gosh, can you imagine how the world would be and the difference in yeah. the world? Um, we don't take those opportunities or for whatever reason, we, we think other things are more important or it's not that we don't think it's important to share the gospel, but you know, Hey, I got to get groceries today or yeah. I got, you know, I got these things. If Jesus is who he says he is, right. If he's not a liar, he's not a lunatic. If he's Lord, and he saves us from our sins which he claims that he does which which we believe that yeah and he is lord um then shouldn't our lives look different i mean shouldn't our lives you know each day like we'd be you know even if somebody gets in our face and, and i know that's easy for me to say because here i sit in you know indiana where you know persecution the, the most persecution we get is you know, maybe, maybe some, some, you know, talking down to, or something like that, or, or maybe yeah. make fun of, or something, I, I don't know. But if that's true, shouldn't our lives um, speak volumes for, you know, and be backed up by what we say, we believe who Jesus is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, which the, uh, the uh, magicians, Penn and Teller, the, the one guy, I think it's Penn uh, taller of the two. Yeah. He, uh, he is a pretty staunch atheist. Um, and had a series of videos debunking Christianity. That was his goal is to uh, point out why he thinks it's, it's a a waste of your time. So the last point he made the biggest one for him, the the finale was he had never had someone try to share the gospel with him. And he said, if you really believed I was in danger every moment of spending my life, the rest of my eternity in hell Would it not be worth you risking an awkward conversation with me? He said, if I knew you were about to get hit by a car, I would run across the street to save you. I wouldn't even think about it, but you think I'm going to spend eternity in hell and you won't even walk over and have a conversation with me, you know, and that for him was enough to not believe. He said, even if you could prove everything else, he had tried to disprove that was enough for him to not believe Jesus was who he claimed to be.
0: Wow. That's good. I I think, I think there's an actual video of that on YouTube um, of him talking about that. Um, Yeah. Somebody handed him a Bible or something after one of the shows. Um, That's really good. And that's really weird that you bring that up because I literally um, just studied that like a couple sermons ago. I actually shared that in one of my sermons. Mm. Um, So man, that's a God thing right there for sure. But yeah. um, Okay. So, so we'll get closer to wrapping it up here, but um, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus, he c- comes to Peter and asks Peter a question, um, kind of the same question we're kind of tossing around and dissecting a little bit today. He, his question is, is who, who, do you, who do you say that I am? And, and Peter kind of dodges himself out of it, and he's like, well, let me tell you what these people are saying, Right. I'll tell you what these people say, you know, like this person says that, you know, you're Elijah, or this person says you're John the Baptist, or this person says you're, you know, Jeremiah, one of the prophets or whatever. And then Jesus, he like, he just gets real practical. He goes, yeah, cool. Um, But who do you say that I am? Mm. And, and kind of the, you know, the, the C.S. Lewis thing comes to mind right now, right? Which one is Peter going to say? Is he going to say lunatic, liar, Lord? And, and Peter's response, as you know, is, well, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Mm. And that statement is kind of a big statement because Jesus then would go on to say, you know, upon that rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Yeah. Um, I guess the question for our listeners today would kind of be that same personal question, right? Like, who, who do you say that Jesus is? Like, as we, as we study the life of Christ, maybe probably more extensively, like for some people, maybe listening, like they don't do church. Um, but Easter and Christmas, right? Like these are the, these are the big ones. You got a big one coming up this weekend, like, Hey, grandma thinks I need to be in church on Easter. So yeah, I'll be there. Um, and, and, and I, whatever your background is, um, here's my question. The same question that Jesus asked Peter. Who do you say that I am? right? L- liar, lunatic, or Lord? It's an interesting question.
1: Yeah, yeah. and to, at the risk of hijacking again, I I would even push it one further. if you've if you've answered that question and you've said, Lord, how can you keep that to yourself? I mean, how can we go into this time of year where we celebrate his resurrection? and, and make that about us. You know, does that make sense? How could we, for that celebration to be a Sunday morning thing, not a, I've got to tell somebody about this. This is the best news the world has ever heard. Yeah. How can I, how can I just keep this uh, the best kept secret the world's
0: ever known? How does it become a lifestyle versus a religion? Mm, yeah. Right? Uh, because, because for so many people, it's just that religion, right? It's, it's, it's that cool little thing or almost like a tradition or a ritual that like, Hey, we do this every year because instead of, Hey man, um, my life is devoted. The kind of the thing I was telling you about earlier, like when you give your life to Christ, he, he doesn't just look, he is savior Jesus. Don't get me wrong. Without him, we're, we're bound for hell. There's abso- I'm not saying, it, but I think so many people, they only cling to savior Jesus They don't cling to Lord Jesus. Yeah. You don't realize like when you, when you, when you come to Christ, like you're not just, you're not just saying, Hey, save me from my sins. You're saying, Hey, I'm yours. Yeah. Like I'm surrendering to you. I'm giving my life to you. And so because of that, I'm going to serve you, um, with everything that I have. Yeah. Um, What's jacked up is like, like you were talking about what's jacked up is like, we say, Hey, I'm going to serve you with everything I have on Sunday mornings from 10 a.m. to noon, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. And then the rest of the time, uh, I might occasionally pop my head in, check in with you, but for the most part, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just going to live live however I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: there's a scene. Uh, hopefully no one gets too offended by this. There's a scene from Talladega Nights with Will Ferrell. No, that's good. And they're sitting at the table, and it's this – if if you watch it, it's super irreverent. Like I'm not I'm not on uh, condoning this. as like oh, this is a good family dinner. Yeah. This is terrible family dinner where they're sitting there. But Will Ferrell uh, says, "Hey, it's time to pray," and they start debating on which Jesus they're going to pray to. And he says his favorite Jesus is baby Jesus. And he's going to pray to sweet little baby Jesus. He even goes as far to say like eight pounds, six ounce or whatever. And it's this ridiculous scene. And and we watch that and we laugh or we're offended because how could anyone, but that's how we live. You know, we, we like the forgiving, loving Jesus. We like the sweet baby Jesus. We don't like the Jesus that says, Hey, I'm coming back to judge. Yeah. And you know, and he's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. We don't like the Jesus that says, Uh, on that day of judgment, many will call out Lord, Lord, and I'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. We don't, we don't like that Jesus. Yeah. That's not the fun Jesus.
0: That's not the Christmas card Jesus. That's not the eight pound, six ounce baby Jesus. (laughs) No, No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I just, you know, for some people, um, maybe they believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And he did what he said he was going to do but they only believe that to the extent of they'll say it in church or they'll, you know, and I think that's kind of what we're saying is, is that, you know, is he, is he Lord? And if he is who he says he is and he did what he said he did, which I believe with all of my heart that Jesus was this man who not only was he fully human, but he was fully God at the same time, came here, lived a sinless life, born of a virgin, uh, lived on this, on this earth, uh, died on a cross for our sins. Didn't just stay in the grave, uh, as we celebrate this weekend and every week and every day of our lives. Um, he defeated that, which none of the other religions can say, like, like, yeah. if you go, if you go to the graves, they're there, or at least their bones are, you know, or unless someone's, you know, I don't know, but, but, but Jesus isn't there anymore. And, and like you said earlier, I love what you said when you said, you know, it takes more faith almost to be an atheist than it does to to believe in God. Um, if all of those things are true, then how can our life not look any different? Yeah, uh, it's it's amazing that, you know, it takes an atheist to kind of make us think about that. Like Penn Jillette who said, if all that's true, then then why aren't we living that and sharing that with people? Every day, like, like, and and I don't want to keep prolonging this conversation, but like, if I had the cure for cancer and I never told anybody about it, like how jacked up would that be? Yeah. Because all these people die of cancer every day.
1: Yeah. And you have this free gift, the free gift of salvation. That's what it's referred to in scripture. And you just want to hold on to it. Like, like, why would I tell other people about this amazing thing? If you went to a Ford dealership, I'm a Ford guy. So that's why we're going Ford. But if you went to a Ford dealership, they're giving out free trucks and cars. Would you not call your friends and family and and tell everyone you knew, come get a free truck or a free car. This is (laughs) incredible that no strings attached. This is awesome. You know,
0: I think a lot of it, like we said earlier, hinges on that fact. So what we talked about today was, who do you say that he is? And uh, maybe that's a question when you hear this. That's something for you to think about. So hopefully you guys will. Um, I appreciate, Cole, the conversation that we've had today. I appreciate you uh, giving me some time to hop on here. I don't know what what could be going on. There's, there's probably all kinds of things going on in Warren, Ohio right now. I mean – you could be, you know, testing out coffee. You could be, you know, uh, what, what was the place you see the sushi place? What'd you say it was? Mizu, man. Mizu. Mizu. You could be at Mizu right now. Uh, but you gave me time and I really appreciate you, man, hopping on here, um, in that conversation. But I think that's the question I want to leave it with, right? Is, is this kind of some, what do you think, man? Who, who, who do you say? Is he, is he liar? Is he lunatic or, or is he Lord? And, and if he is who he says he was and did what he said he did, um, then how can we not, the only response to that is how can we not share that with someone else? What we, that gift that that we got that you are just talking about. So dude, thanks so much for hopping on. Thanks for coming on here. Uh, Episode number 10. This is a big one, man. You know, I'm going to celebrate this with, you know, with Cole, Cole came on here as episode number 10, episode X, Roman numeral X. And uh, you hopped on here, man. Thanks so much for giving me time and, and hanging out. I'm praying for you, praying for your ministry, Uh, no, God is using you and going to do some huge things to you, man. So I appreciate you.
1: Thanks for having me, Micah. All right, man. We'll talk to you later.
0: This has been a behind the Micah podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you check us out next week. And remember, we're always striving to love God, love others, and serve both.